what in the world is going on? I'm sure you've asked that question. A lot of people are asking that question. Well, here's the good news. I know what's going on. And I'm going to share with you about that today because all the events that we're seeing today have been spoken about and prophesied in the good book, in the Word of God. And so what I want to do with you today is to give you a brief guide to some of the end-time events that we can expect in the coming years. Now, there's lots of different views on this, so <clears throat> let's not get too legalistic about it. <clears throat> but more importantly, stay with me for a while, because after I've gone through some events, I'm going to share with you our response, some critical responses that we need to make so that we can handle the things that we are facing now, but also into the future. In the Bible, there's 735 different events that are foretold, prophesied. Now, of those, 596 have already come to pass, and the Bible has been 100% accurate. So what does that tell us? It tells us that the rest of the events prophesied in the Bible will also happen exactly as it is stated. Now, there's one event that occurs 318 times. Out of, the out of the 735. So it's more mentioned than any other event, 380 times, 18 times. Do you know what that is? That is the second coming of Jesus to the earth. You can be sure this is going to happen. Hey, could it be in our lifetime? I can't answer that. So what I want us to do today is initially follow Matthew 24. I'll throw in a few other scriptures as well. So we're going to pick up some of the key events of what to look for. So I want to encourage you to take some notes. Write, write something down. It's going to be pretty simple, but it's going to give you a good idea of what's happening and what is coming. Isaiah 33 verse 6 is a really important verse. It says this, Wisdom and knowledge, knowledge will be the stability of your times. Wisdom and knowledge. So when we have knowledge of what's going on, guess what? We're going to be stable. It's going to give us stability. We're not going to be shaken. We're not going to be rocked. We're not going to collapse in a heap. We will have stability. So knowledge, which we're going to give you today, is really, really important in times like this. So disciples asked the question in Matthew 24, verse 3, Tell us when these things will be, and what will be the sign of your coming and the end of the age? So they're asking, hey, Jesus, can you tell us? What can we expect in the coming years? Well, he said, the first thing he says, interesting, verse 4 and 5, Take heed that no one deceives you. Many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and will receive, deceive many. So the second coming, future events, is filled with great delusion. And so we need to stay close to Jesus so we don't get deceived. All right, so then we go to verse 6. You will hear of wars, rumors of wars, See that you are not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. Did you get that? Wars, rumors. Hey, we're hearing about that, aren't we? We're seeing it all over the place. And Jesus says to us, hey, don't be troubled. Why? And he actually goes on to say, these things must come to pass. It's an incredible statement. It's like God is saying to us, the book is saying, that, these things have to happen. 
So in a sense, you can't stop them. You can't prevent them. Wars, rumors, wars, and all that kind of stuff is going to happen. And then it says, verse 7 and 8, nation will rise against nation. Gosh, we're seeing that. Kingdom against kingdom. And then it goes to this. There will be famines. Well, we're seeing that. Pestilences. There you go. Earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. So there will be pestilences. Well, you and I know COVID-19, Delta, is a pestilence. Jesus said these things are coming. Really, we shouldn't be surprised. We shouldn't be shocked at a pandemic. These things have happened in the past. It's happening in our time. And Jesus actually said this will happen. And I think that gives us encouragement that, you know, things are in control. God knows exactly what is going on. See, the earth is reeling under the catastrophic consequences of the fall and of sin. The history is reaching an impasse. I think we're now on a collision course and something is going to give. And we're seeing that happening right now. So if people say to you, what on the world is going on? Tell them, I know what's going on. It's going to be a great opportunity to share with them about Jesus. You can point them to some of the scriptures that you'll hear today, and you can give them some insight. It could be a great opportunity for sharing Jesus with people. Because people are going to start asking this question a whole lot more. Tell them it's all prophesied in the good book. Okay, let's go to verse 11 and 12. hope you're following with me in uh, Matthew 24. It says, Many false prophets will rise and deceive many. And because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. Lawlessness will abound. Laws will be changed to permit all kind of perversity and ungodliness. We are seeing that right before our eyes. Jesus said this is what is going to happen in the coming days. And one of the saddest results of the increase of lawlessness is it says the love of many Christians will grow cold. It's almost like when sin is all around, it's just that bit harder to maintain a strong, close faith and walk with God. But I want to encourage you, don't be in that group. Stay close to Jesus. Maintain your fire. Remember the words of William Booth? In his deathbed, his disciples asked him, hey, give us some final advice. He said, tend to the fire. You walk with God. For the nature of fire is to go out. Friends, if we're not careful in these days, that fire can slowly go out. So keep fueling it, and you know how to do that. We've shared so many times. Then it says in verse 13, but he who endures to the end will be saved. What's that mean? It means we need to persevere to the very end. You know, pressure, one of the things pressure does, it sorts out genuine Christians from those who are Christians in name only. They say pressure will soon see the end of Sunday-only Christians. <laughs> People who come on Sunday just to tick the box, but they're not really walking with God. They're not developing their relationship with Him. And then it's going to be very hard to endure to the end. But you can do it. I can do it by God's grace as we stay connected with the Lord. I've been in church leadership, many of you know, for many decades. <laughs> Many decades. I was around, I often tell people, in the days of Noah, I helped him build the ark. <laughs> but look, one of the things I've seen is so many people, 
They start well, but they don't finish well. Somewhere along the line, they lose their way. But I'm praying that won't be you and that won't be me. Verse 14, this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all nations, and then the end will come. So the gospel is going to be preached to all the nations. Now, this is not yet fulfilled. And in fact, this is where we're at now in the timeline of God. Right now, the job is to get this gospel to all people all across the globe, to every nation. And it's going to be with signs, wonders, and miracles. Let me share with you a brief testimony that came from our church unlimited in Kaitaia. Uh, this person said, when I was little, my eyes were damaged. And so the ears would tell that person that the noise was too loud when it actually wasn't that loud. At the age of 13, they went to undivided youth camp uh, of Church Unlimited. And the praise and worship was just too loud. The person said they had to wear earphones to muffle the sound. But then there was an altar call at the end for healing. The person went forward and was instantly healed by the power of God. And they said, I can now be right at the front of the praise and worship, music can be as loud as it, it can be, and it won't affect my ears. Well, that's just a taste of some of the miracle power that's going to come accompanying the preaching of the gospel. All right, just a couple of other thoughts on this. Daniel 9 talks about, 9 verse 7 talks about the Antichrist arising, and he brokers a seven-year treaty with Israel, which has not yet been made, something to watch for. Then Matthew 24, verse 15, when you see the abomination of desolation spoken by Daniel the prophet, stand in the holy place. Holy place is in the temple, which means this, that uh, the temple will be rebuilt in Jerusalem. That's another thing just to keep an eye out for, and that will tell us we're nearing the end. Then there will be the abomination of desolation, which my understanding is the Antichrist in the holy place receives something like the worship of God. Just quickly, for those who are interested, Revelation 13 speaks about the mark of the beast. Well, what happens is a false, a false prophet, the false prophet arises, and he enforces the worship of the Antichrist and requires everyone to take the mark of the beast. I just want to say two things so that you know when the mark of the beast comes. Number one, the mark is on the forehead or the right hand. Very clear. Just look it up. Revelation 13, very, very clear. And secondly, you won't be able to buy or sell if you don't take the mark. My point is this. When the mark of the beast comes, it will be very obvious, very clear. We will know about it. Verse 21, then there will be great tribulation. Verse 30, then we will see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. We say, come Lord Jesus. So, in summary, not in specific perfect order, but here's a bit of a guide of what to look for. Wars, famines, pestilences, lawlessness, the love of many growing cold, the gospel preached in all the nations with signs and wonders, Antichrist arises, temple is rebuilt in Jerusalem, the abomination of desolation, the mark of the beast, the return of Christ. All right, so what do we do with all this? This is really what I want to get to. hope you've stayed with me, Matthew 24. Go and read it again. It's, it's pretty straightforward, most of it, plus a couple of other scriptures. What's our response going to be? Well, can I say this? Things are probably not going to, well, things are not going to get easier. But for passionate Christians like you and like me, it's going to get real exciting. Real exciting because we'll know what's going on when no one else knows what's going on. And there's going to be signs and wonders that are go, going to go to a, 
a high level of exponential power. And boy, that, that I'm, I'm telling you, I know that's going to happen. I'm so looking forward. See, God's going to match what's happening in the world with his power and his glory coming upon you, upon me, and upon the church. We don't have to be troubled and worried about all the things that are going to come, uh, come onto the planet because we actually know what's going on. And with God, we can have the grace and the strength to face it uh, straight on without fear and without torment in our minds. So doing life today is tough, of course, and it's been added to by COVID. We live in an epidemic of fear. And this fear is fed by the news, you watch it each day, by the media, you know, by social media, by pe- even by people around us. It feeds the fear. <laughs> so what are you going to do about that? Well, stop feeding it from those channels so much. Why don't you feed more on this book here? Why don't, why don't you get into the scriptures and get in community with God's people? You know, be in church, be in worship, feed. <laughs> You see, your life, basically, your mind is what you feed. So what are you feeding? As you do that, you're going to limit the fear and anxiety. There's also, I've read and heard, exhaustion is common. These are the days in which we live. In other words, you know, the pace of life is now so fast, we live in a tired world. People are tired. Maybe you're tired. (laughs) So many people are tired. And with that, there's increasing mental health issues, depression, addictions, and people look at all the wrong places to numb the pain. I read uh, online 703,000 suicides worldwide per year. Wow. They say domestic violence is on a great increase even here in New Zealand. So... Life is getting pretty difficult, but it need not be that way for you and me. But it shouldn't surprise us what's happening because we live in a world that has rejected God. When you reject God, it's chaos. And that's what we're seeing today. So let me give you five ways to respond to what we're facing. It's a window of time, I believe, right now that we're in to establish some really rich habits. So the first thing is this. Very simple, very basic, but really important. Keep your eyes on Jesus. You might say, well, that's a bit basic, isn't it? Yeah, but it's really powerful. Isaiah 26, verse 3, you want to jot this down. He will keep him in perfect peace. Anyone here for perfect peace? You want that? Hey, it's promised in the Bible. Whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Wow. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Perfect peace. John uh, 14, verse 1, Jesus said, Do not let your heart be troubled. I want to speak that to some of you right now, listening and tuning in. Do not let your heart be troubled. Come on, keep your eyes upon Jesus. You know, when Peter, remember he's walking on the water? When he kept his eyes on Jesus, he could walk on water. In other words, he could do the impossible. When you keep your eyes on Jesus, you can walk on water through all the events that are taking place all around us, even through the pandemic, even through Delta. It's kind of, you can walk on water. But when Peter took his eyes off Jesus, looked at the storm and the wind, guess what? He began to sink. Can I encourage you right now? You know, keep your eyes fixed upon Jesus. Don't look at all the circumstances. Don't look at all the events. 
Look at the book <laughs> and look at Jesus because God is not troubled by what's going on. So why should you and I be? As someone said, the Trinity, the Father and Son and the Holy Spirit are not having a board meeting in heaven wondering what are we going to do next. No, everything is going according to the plan. With God, you can enjoy the journey. I want to remind you to do that. Enjoy the journey. You know, don't, don't panic about everything. It tries, you know, our scripture, 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 says, uh, rejoice always. So, you know, in the midst of all this, we can rejoice. We can be happy. We can celebrate. <laughs> I might just throw in a joke right now because you might feel this is pretty weighty. Well, this is a joke, by the way. So the two best soccer players in the world were interviewed. One was Ronaldo and the other was Messi. Ronaldo said, I believe that God sent me to teach the world how to play soccer. The interviewer said, well, Messi, what's your response to that? Messi's thought about it and then said, I don't remember sending him. <laughs> there you are, just to lighten it up. Enjoy the journey. Come on, keep smiling. Come on, smile right now, because it's going to be okay. God's with us. We'll get through this. Jesus is going to come back and take over. Look forward to it. Hey, a few more points here. Number two, don't get isolated. There's an epidemic of loneliness in our world today added by the breakdown of the family. Now, I heard this said, and I don't know how true it is, but 25% of the people in the West are lonely. Could well be true. We have people all around us. We're surrounded by crowds. Go shopping, go to church. And yet, we're lonely on the inside. What's the answer? We've got to live in community. Become a part of a small group. Do life with others. One of our cultures here at Church Unlimited, discipleship is our heart. We intentionally grow closer to God with others. Is the key word, those two words, with others. Another one of our cultures, people are our passion. We all love and care for one another. You can't love and care for people if you're isolated. You've got to be with other people. So we need to be connected, friends, more than ever before to help us in the coming days. Please do not get isolated. Because Satan's strategy is to isolate. You know, the walls will pick, up the, pick off the animal that's isolated from the herd. Don't get isolated. Number three, develop a stronger relationship with God. You might say, oh, I've heard that before. Yeah, but it's the key. It's the key. Daniel eleven thirty two. The people who know their God shall be strong and carry out great exploits. When you know God, you'll be strong in the midst of all the end time events, in the midst of Delta, midst of lockdown, shutdown, and anything else that comes your way, you will be strong. So let pressure of these times push you into God, not away from Him. I think the time is now, if you need to, once and for all, establish a strong devotional life, spending time in prayer and time in the Word, because a strong work will get you through anything. If you develop some of these rich habits in this pandemic, I think it'll be one of the greatest treasures of darkness that you could come out with. You could face the future with absolute confidence. Here's a thought for you. Spend as much time in prayer in the Word as you might spend researching the pandemic, researching vaccines, researching all the events that are taking place right now. You know, people are on the line, on and on and on the line all the time. Yeah, but spend more time 
with God, and that will put you into a good place. See, the first question that God asked man was this. Have you thought about this? Where are you? Go back to Genesis. Where are you? See, man was made for a relationship with God, and the number one goal God has in mind is to get us back into the relationship with him that he always intended. So I think on a daily basis, you know, every day, I think he says, Tark, where are you? I want to spend some time with you. I want to fellowship with you. Maybe he says the same to you. Well, he says it to all of us. Where are you? He wants to hang out. We've said that before. God longs for time with you. When you don't take some time to be with him, guess what? He misses you. If you've got friends that you haven't seen for a long time, you say, oh man, I wish we could just hang out. Hey, during lockdown, maybe your closest friend, you think, man, if only we could get together, it would be fantastic. Hey, what about God? He wants that time with you as well. So many people hide from God, but you've probably heard it said, God's not mad at you, he's mad about you. Take that home. Number four, just a couple more points and we're done. Don't be distracted. This is massive. You know, with the pandemic, questions about lockdown, about whether to vaccinate, government control, loss of freedom, vaccine passports, all of these things. Don't get distracted from why the church exists. We need friends to stay on mission with God to get this gospel out far and wide, to serve God diligently in our lives. You see, distraction and division often go hand in hand. And we need to guard against both of them. So diligently protect unity at this time. Respect the viewpoints of others. If ever people needed the hope of the gospel, it's right now. They need to know about Jesus. John 17 verse 5. My prayer is not that you take them out of the world. Did you hear that? But that you protect them from the evil one. We have a mission to accomplish. Do not hide away from the world. You are needed more than ever before. Nehemiah 6 verse 2. I'm doing a great work so that I cannot come down. Why should the work cease while I, go, while I leave and go down to you? See, the enemy wanted to meet with Nehemiah, but he refused to meet with the enemy because he refused to get distracted from the work that God had called him to do. In this season, I'm encouraging you, don't get distracted away from what God has called you to do. Stay at your post. You're needed more than ever before. The church needs you more than ever before. God needs you more than ever before. This is a time for us to be on mission with God. We need to be the salt and light. If ever the people around you, your friends, your work colleagues, others needed you and your light and your soul, it's now. Come on, stay on track, stay on mission for God and don't get distracted. So here's my thought on this. If, if COVID can distract us and the church from what we are called to do, Satan will gleefully say, mission accomplished. Do you know why? The biggest thing is he wants to stop the spread of the gospel to those around you and across the nations of the world. Let's stay focused. Let's stay on track. Let's stay on course in serving our God. The last point, pray. I think that goes obvious, isn't it? 
Every Christian needs to pray like never before. I have to keep saying this. Do you know why? Until we move from talking about prayer to actually praying. See, the church is the hope of the world. Without prayer, there'll be no renewal of the church. And without renewal of the church, there is very little hope for the world. It's time for you and I to plead with God. Please, God, renew the church. Repeat the prayer we've often said and actually do it. God, start a revival and start with me. Come on, it's time to pray. But look, as I wrap this up, maybe more important than understanding the timeline of end time events is to realize this is your time in the history line of God. This is your moment. You've come to the kingdom for such a time as this. What will you do with this moment, this breath, this whisper, the shadow that God has given you? I want to encourage you, regardless of the events all around the world, it's time to serve God with every ounce of strength that he gives you. More than ever before, I repeat, the world needs you. Your friends need you. Your neighbors need you. Your work colleagues need you. We are the light of the world. Think about that. We live in a world of absolute darkness. Where will people find light? You. Me. We are the light of the world. We see the storm clouds gathering. History is going somewhere. A new world is being born. And the most glorious future is on its way because Jesus will return, reign and rule forever. Five responses. Number one, keep your eyes on Jesus. Number two, don't get isolated. Number three, develop a stronger relationship with God. Don't get distracted. And of course, pray. What are we going to do with this message? Can I just lead you in a few minutes of response? Number one, I want to encourage you to read through Matthew 24 and maybe Revelation 13 and get familiar with some of the things that are going to come up on you so you're not going to be shaken and, you know, thrown off, off kilter. And, you know, please do this. And look, Share this message with some other people because it's going to give them strength, understanding. It's going to give them hope and stability. Do someone a favor and bless them. I want to focus on two responses. Number one is keep your eyes on Jesus. With everything that's going on, this is your key. If you will do this, you can thrive through the rest of your life. So right now, as you're online with me, would you shift your focus from Delta, from lockdown, from the vaccines, from the wind, from the storm around you, and right now, turn your eyes towards Jesus and focus on Him. And just keep doing that on a regular basis. As we read before, He will keep in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusts in thee. You can do this. It's not that hard because what we focus on determines how we feel. 
You know, what's in our minds dictates so much. Turn your eyes, that old song, upon Jesus. And the other thing I want to just touch on before I pray for everybody, please stick with us, because I do want to pray for us all, is don't be distracted. Oh, you've heard me preach it. You've heard me already say this. But this is absolutely essential. Stay on at your post. Because you know what? This is your time to shine. Yeah, this is your time. And look, when everything is absolutely dark, <laughs> it just needs a flicker of light to dispel the darkness. You don't have to be a superhero or an apostle or, you know, mighty man or woman of God. You probably are, but you don't have to be that. Just let the light you've got, let it shine. Let's stay at our post and let's fulfill, you know, that says that, you know, where we are in the timeline of God is that this gospel must be preached in all the nations, of course, with signs and wonders. That's where we're at. That's our mission. That's what we need to do. And that's going to hasten, I believe, the second coming of Christ. Your light is needed more than ever. Let me pray for all of us. Father, I thank you that in your grace and kindness, you've made so clear some of the events that we can anticipate in these coming days so that we're not shocked, we're not thrown off course, but we can remain stable and strong with you. Holy Spirit, I pray for every person that's tuned in today. Would you help them to turn their eyes upon Jesus? Turn their eyes, God, upon you and away from all the noise and the circumstances at life that can seem very troubling and demanding. Help us, Lord, to do that. And then also I pray for myself, for all of us, to stay at our post to stay on mission for God, to serve you with more fervor and zeal than ever before. Because Lord, we know if ever the world needed us, it needs us now. The church always has been and always will be the hope of the world. It's time for us to shine in the darkness. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, if you don't know Jesus, this is actually the mission of the church, is to help people come into a relationship with God. Do you know God loves you more than any words that I could ever express? Summed up in John 3, 16, for God so loved the world, that's you, that he sent his only son, Jesus left heaven to die upon the cross, that anyone who believes in him would not perish, goes to a lost eternity, but have everlasting life. That is the invitation that is given to you today. If you don't know Jesus, if you want strength to handle the events that are coming upon the earth, if you want to have peace in your heart and handle all the circumstances that are around you right now, the first key, I believe, is, friend, is to invite Jesus into your heart as your Lord and Savior. He'll forgive you of your sins and you start a whole new life with him. Or maybe you're backslidden, you're away from God, and you know you need to come back to Jesus. Hey, if that is you, pray this simple prayer with me. Dear Jesus, I thank you that you died on the cross just for me. You shed your blood just for me. So I confess my sins today and I ask you to forgive me. And now, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. I receive you as my Lord and Savior. Amen.
Hey, if you prayed that prayer, congratulations. Great, great decision. Best decision you'll ever make. But we'd love to help you as you grow in your walk with God. So please do contact us here at Church Unlimited.